0: And welcome to our New Year's edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works. We are returning to you after a very long hiatus that really was unintentional. We apologize for that. This is I Need No Name and I am joined by Schnitzel. And just excuse me if my voice sounds a little bit weird because I have been struggling with a cold for the last two weeks. Schnitzel, he has been having exams, so he couldn't record. Samran, she has COVID, so she's out. And Chuck and Tom have been so busy that we just have not been able to record. So it is good to be back. And Schnitzel, how are you doing right now?
1: Well, uh, I can say that I am feeling a bit better overall at the moment because my exams have been canceled. They are going to be online because of COVID. There's a oh, huge congratulations. Lockdown. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say it's uh really good overall because Alma's going outside and all that but I suppose with so many cases, you know, cases on the rise everywhere, you have to yeah, empty state to doing empty stadiums
0: home. in Germany, empty everything in India. So yeah, it is it is kind of it's difficult right now. But anyway, at least we're back and we Wish you, Snitchell told me to say this before the podcast started. So I have to say this. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, even though we are recording this on the 9th of January. So, anyway, Schnitzel, so let's talk about Bayern Munich because we did have our first game back from the Rookrunda day before yesterday. And it was a loss. And I think we know the main reason that we lost, which is all the COVID positive tests on this team. So, As far as I remember, we have around 10 positive cases right now, although recently I believe Omar Richards and Kingsley Coman have returned to the training, at least individual training. But you tell me, Schnitzel, what do you think of this massive, massive outbreak that has gripped Bayern, which I think is actually the biggest outbreak in the Bundesliga right now?
1: Yeah, I honestly just feel really bad for the club and for Nagelsmann because now he has to manage the squad without over half his squad at his disposal and more than half the first team out of his hands so he has to Chupo
0: and Saar I mean Saar wouldn't have played anyway but Chupo and Saar are both at AFCON and what else you have certain players also injured I think Stanisic is injured um yeah Goretzka Goretzka, Goretzka. Goretzka is might be out for a long time that patellar tendon injury, that is not getting better for him. So that's very, very worrying for us. So this start to the Rokin, it could have been better. Yeah,
1: this is arguably the worst crisis Spine has ever been in, in terms of like the number of players that are out. But thankfully, it isn't during a very busy stretch of the season. So if we get back more players in time, like, you know, Davies and Zane, for example, they are the life of that left flank. And without them, we just saw how things can go really bad you know in the game against Gladbach so we need some of our key players back uh, we need Kingsley Coman back as soon as possible and uh, obviously it would be nice to also have Luca Hernandez back because that defense didn't look good against Gladbach
0: yeah it is kind of interesting how we still how the team adjusted against Gladbach because with so many players out Nagelsmann still went with a what should i say would you call it a 4231 i think i could or maybe more like a 4141 four, one, something like that with uh, Kimmich at right back and Marcel Zabitzer at left back, which, which didn't work. Um, it was a difficult adjustment, but I think Bayern actually for the first 20 minutes, we did look good like in just such a weird formation. And a lot of it for me comes down to the fact that we had Lewandowski and Muller up top and they were really dragging us forward in that game a lot, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, I think it was a 4 4 morphing into a three-five-two because Zabitsu and Kimmich drifted a lot into the midfield positions and they also drifted in between the defence to help you know recirculate the ball in midfield so it was a kind of a weird form- formation one that Bayern has never played before with this set of personnel because you haven't seen Muziala, Kemish, and Zabitsu together on the pitch I believe ever this season and uh, even up front in attack we saw Malik Tillman play the game. And uh, him and Nabry, well, they're not exactly like a poor wing combination, but we have much better combinations. And like you said, it was basically just Lewandowski and Müller trying to carry us. And uh, well, you can't really have two players try and carry an entire team for 90 minutes, especially against Bayern's bogey side, Gladbach. So well, they did get the results, to be fair. Yeah, we actually dominated possession, shots on target, Total shots taken. Every other stat except goals scored. So I'd say it was kind of unlucky also because of Jan Zoma. I just hate that guy. And he know. hit the post twice, so. Yeah, Jan Zoma gives me trauma, man.
0: That guy just me He's makes giving me, me cry. trauma. It is very annoying to watch him. Whenever we whenever we play him, the only time I think he has not annoyed me is during the 5-0 against Latpa where we didn't even get close to him. So, yeah. <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah so I I guess the situation is
1: is really bad so you can give this to Bayern and I, I believe some of the players are not fully fit either like I heard Niklas Zula is like at 60 percent, so he yeah. isn't at 100 fitness so you can excuse you know his error for the first goal on that regard because of his fitness levels but then again Nagelsmann would really be hoping to have more players in the squad because it's very thin and when the fixtures start coming, you know, quick and fast, it's going to be very difficult if he doesn't have a fully, you know, strong, capable starting 11 to field. Well,
0: uh, there are two things that we should talk about based on that, which is the fact that, you know, a lot of these players, they did go abroad, far afield for their winter vacations. And I know Nagleton has spoken to it, um, he has answered the question about this and he has said that players are out to go on vacation wherever they want. Like we can't really make those demands of them. But I have seen the opinion put out on the internet that maybe they were a little bit too, um, how should I say, they weren't cautious enough with the Omicron variant spreading all over the world. Maybe they should have opted for a more safe Christmas and vacation plans. So do you have an opinion on that Schnitzel?
1: I think with uh, the variant kind of spreading you know in every part of the world right now and it's taking every country by storm including you know Germany so I I'm not sure that they would have been you know considerably safer if they had just stayed back in Germany and just spent Christmas with their family and friends in Germany but I think that obviously it's quite possible I don't know what the you know, the players went through in Maldives or wherever they went and what regime they followed. But it's possible that they could have adopted a more, more safer approach, like stayed indoors most of the time, maybe tried and minimized contact with people. But, you know, these things happen. And like Nagelsmann said, they, the players deserved a vacation. And I heard that most of the players, they left to Maldives and other exotic places because they wanted to escape the cold in Germany including Luca Hernandez i believe that was the reason given for his travel to you know the Maldives so vacations are fine you just have to be more careful and since you can't really pinpoint this on one or two players this is like 70% of the squad down with covid so i am really not sure like it's probably just you know you can take an example like Thomas Miller, Robert Lewandowski those players stayed back i believe Lewandowski was in dubai obviously but they stayed back and trained at
0: the Zibena Strasse so you have something to say on this regard? Yeah, my opinion is that, like, realistically, since according to the club doctor, everyone in the club is either vaccinated or boosted or has recently caught the virus. So based on that, in all honesty, I don't think they could have taken any more precautions than they did as far as, you know, not catching the virus is concerned, because as far as we know about the new variants, you can still get them even if you're vaccinated and, all the vaccination does, it does prevent symptoms from occurring, which means it's a good thing, but it is spreading so easily that there is almost nothing you can do to not get it. It's just a matter of luck at this point, since most of the European countries, they aren't on a complete, full, strict lockdown that we saw at the beginning of the year. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, really. It's been three years now, so wow. But uh, since it's like that, there is no possibility of like having a bubble system like we had at the beginning of the pandemic, where you can literally have everyone have their contacts extremely, extremely, um, how should I say it, isolated, because I think one of the things that we should remember about this is the fact that the players aren't the only ones getting po- testing positive, Num- numerous club physios, Kathleen Kruger, the team manager, she also tested positive, everyone yeah. tested po- Everyone around the club, the staff that they interact with on a daily basis, they're also testing positive. So it is almost impossible for them not to test positive. And since they took all the precautions necessary and indicated by the health authorities, I cannot fault them in any way about what they did.
1: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but then there's also a section of people who you know, are asking, why do the other Bundesliga clubs have like less than a third of our COVID cases? And why is I it think, just Bayern that stand out? I
0: think part of it is just like, we just got unlucky. And later in the year, you'll see the Bundesliga clubs getting more COVID cases, whereas we have already built up our immunity from this wave. Although I will mention that there are certain clubs that seem to be hit more, more, how should I say, more strongly than others. Like we saw Barcelona earlier in the year, they had so many players out due to COVID that they actually were on the verge of not fielding a full 11 players in the uh, in La Liga. And I believe there were games in the Portuguese league that were called off because there weren't enough players on either side to play. Uh, don't quote me on this; I just read it on Reddit or whatever. So there are there <laughs> yeah. are stuff like there are things like that that ha- have happened, and I think it is just a coincidence in Bayern's case that we had not not just COVID but also the specific. A perfect storm. The fact that the regional Liga is uh, currently on break. So most of our reserve teamers weren't even in training. Then also the fact that this is also AFCON. So AFCON means that Chupo and Sar are gone. And then also the fact that we had just a few players out due to injury. Like any one of these things would have not been a factor, but then combine that with a gigantic number of COVID positive tests. And you just end up with like a perfect storm, which, means that we ended up fielding a very subpar 11 against Borussia Mönchengladbach, which honestly, in my opinion, didn't even matter because I think we would have lost to Gladbach no matter what Adi Hutter is Nagelsmann's <laughs> okay. worst opponent as far as coaches are concerned and Gladbach is our worst opponent as far as teams are concerned so it's basically a perfect storm there as well
1: okay that is a controversial opinion because I believe that there's no way this Gladbach beats Bayern like on current form their best squad I mean did, did
0: they, imagine did, they, did that matter in the Gladbasker where they beat us 5-0 yeah, but they didn't have the form that they're enjoying right now. And they didn't also... have the form. They didn't have the form then either. You you go back and listen to the preview that me and Samrin did. You we were talking about it. We I watched them play against Hertha Berlin right before they played against us, and they were horrendous. Like they were just so horrible against Hertha Berlin. And I told Samrin, I know they were terrible against Hertha Berlin, so they'll beat us five 0 And I was right. So I think Gladbach. It doesn't matter what form they're in, they will show up against Bayern. So this is just three points that we just have to say that we had no chance of winning. Yeah, maybe maybe if uh, Gladbach had like, you know,
1: 34 Bayern games a season, they would be winning the Bundesliga.
0: They win the Champions League. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Imagine imagine that happening. Yeah. yeah that it's it's like it's like saying it's like saying if Bayern played Barcelona 34 times a season, Muller would win the Ballon d'Or. It was it's it's that easy. You know, <laughs> Fair enough. it's yeah, one of those yeah. things. You know, I, I just hope that Gladbach get relegated and we can have all the traditional clubs in the Bundesliga and we can have Bayern in the top league. And honestly, it's not even helping the Bundesliga. And and people will say Bundesliga in Europe, we need the traditional clubs, et cetera, et cetera. But Gladbach, they they sucked in Europe. They are not going to do anything. Yeah, I I don't
1: understand. Yeah. I don't understand why Gladbach and the other sides, they can like comfortably give a really good fight or even beat Bayern. And then yeah. go ahead and lose to like
0: Rennes or some other random European club. Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't teams know. that you've literally never heard of, they come in and beat <laughs> teams like Frankfurt and Gladbach, and then you're like wondering what the hell just happened. Yeah, but I mean you look Wolfsburg... at, and, and It's not just it's not just Wolfsburg, either. even Dortmund, they just randomly lose yeah. to teams I've never heard of. So like, it, it's it's Wolfsburg
1: came fourth in a in a table in a group where they had Atlanta, Villarreal, and Sevilla. I
0: yeah, mean, it's like look at that group. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the the Wolfsburgs of every other uh, league were in, the, um, were in the group and they still managed to be the worst Wolfsburg of the lot. So it is very annoying. And this is just a bit of a thing about the Bundesliga this season that the teams this year are really, really poor. Like you have Freiburg this far up in the table and I don't mean any disrespect to them, but I think the reason why Freiburg are so far up in the table is because everyone around them has just gone down. Or I believe, no, I honestly, I believe in the contrary. I
1: think Freiburg's team looks better than ever before. And their coach um, has just like reinvented their style of play. Like if in- you see Freiburg this season, they don't. They will press any opponent like crazy. They are very good at converting their chances of dead ball situations, free kicks, corners, et cetera. And I think they have like this winning recipe. So like their defense is amazing because of Schlotterbeck, Gunter and some other star players. But
0: I have been looking at some of their underlying metrics, XG, XG, I guess, And they are better than they were last season, but not yeah. by the significant margin that would explain their jump in form. Like, I think it's more of an explanation that teams that were above them, teams like Wolfsburg, RB Leipzig, uh, Gladbach, all these traditionally big teams they are having a very poor year and it's honestly going echoing through the Bundesliga like yesterday we saw Eintracht they were up to 0 against Dortmund and then Dortmund it back that was a great game if you are looking for entertainment but in terms of just pure quality it wasn't a quality game and this is something that I keep mentioning about the Bundesliga this year that there is a lot of quality that is missing from the games this year
1: yeah I mean I understand when you you know mention Leipzig because like they were so good last season and what's going on I have no I can't like put a finger on it this season like I, they I have
0: they arguably have oh yeah, yeah Nagelsmann Upamecano Nagelsmann Upamecano Canate. um no, with Liverpool no, no, mind you and also frank,
1: if you ask me I would just say it's Nagelsmann Nagelsmann and Nagelsmann because they got Zobozlai who is an even better form than any of the attacking midfielders they previously have they have Andre Silva he? who is a final like a Silva seems miles, like one of the miles ahead of Paulson, but miles ahead of Paulson. It's not and hard to be miles ahead of, of Paulson, man. Better than any striker they've had so far. And they always they had Werner with... and Paulson, come on. No, but Werner was only shining because of Polson ahead of him. So you can argue that Polson was in the
0: was only shining because he was at Frankfurt. But he is also shining at the moment. His
1: team is just not functioning. I mean, even scored a brace against, I believe it was, who were they? Mines. Yeah. They have played Mines. Yeah, but that was just yesterday. Play. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what I'm he's saying not had is.
0: A, he's not had a great season, though.
1: On, on paper, Leipzig have a better squad this season than last season. They I don't agree. Simifan, I don't agree at all. Guardiola, Defend, defensive reinforcements I mean it's not the same quality But come on Konate isn't really but, like. But the main Leipzig runner. player
0: That we probably need to discuss And I guess we need to change topics now. Zabitzer. I mean, yeah. Very off topic Is Marcel Zabitzer Who was coming from Leipzig He was our big summer signing And I think honestly He has been a flop so far And Schnitzel I remember from the time That the signing went through You were the guy Very much How should I say you were advocating his signing like you were literally his agent or something. And you (laughs) said this is this guy is perfect for us. And here we are in January and he has not fit in at all. And I need to ask you because I'm completely at a loss to figure out what is going on with him. So I need to ask you, you who've seen him so much more than I have. What is going on with Zabitzer? Like, why isn't he performing at all?
1: I think it's very, very early to call him a flop, and I completely disagree with that assessment. I think that's very harsh, and I also think that's inaccurate because, number one, he hasn't received many chances to feature on the pitch, and one of the main reasons is that when Kimish and Goretzka were fit, it was difficult for Nagelsmann to play any other player in rotation. And I understand, I hear that you're saying, you're going to say Tuliso was played a few times. Muziala was played at the eight ahead of Zabitzer a few times. I would like to make you recall the, the time when Zabitzer was injured. He was also face, facing some uh, issues. I believe it is hamstring. I'm not sure which injury it was. Uh, he was also like pretty rusty towards the beginning and it would obviously take time for him to integrate into this approach because there's a new set of players and Zabitzer was the main man at Leipzig. Everything went through him. He had Thomas Muller and Leon Goretzka's role at the same time, like every single part of the attack and the build-up went through Zabitzer. But at Bayern, the dynamic is different. You have more players having the responsibility spread out. And not just that, in Bayern's midfield and attack the dynamics looks different like Zabitzer might be finding it difficult to slot with players similar to him playing alongside him like you shouldn't play Kimmich and Zabitzer together because they kind of cover an operate around the same position so if you see uh when Kimmich is playing on the pitch with Zabitzer Zabitzer tends to like go back maybe help with the defense which is not really his ideal position he functions more on the 8 and the 10 half spaces so it's about first getting used to the setup. Second, he shouldn't be played in the defense. And despite being played at left back yesterday, he still outshone Zula and Pavar based on the statistics. Um,
0: so, statistics, I think, are very misleading for defenders because in my opinion, Sabitzer was probably the worst man on the pitch. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would say, I, that. I I would say, say that. he was really bad because... That is, like, you're probably like, saying that because... In my opinion, you, like, of course, the fact is that Filling in for Alfonso Davies is exactly. almost impossible for anyone. Exactly. But exactly. Zabitzer was just, like, one of the things I say about Zabitzer, that like, you could really see it in the game against Gladbach, is that when he sends a ball in, a ball forward, it doesn't look like he's aiming for a person. It looks like he's aiming for an area, and he's expecting someone to be there when he sends the ball in. And exactly. that is not, is that, is one of his flaws, in my opinion, because every other player on this team, if you look at someone like Kimmich, when he sends the ball forward, it's always to a player. It's always to Gnabry or Sané or Muller. It's never to an area and then expecting someone to make the run. And I think Zabitzer, he has that very basic philosophical difference that he's very much struggling with at Bayern. But one thing I don't understand is why it is taking so long for him to make that switch. Because we have some very good players and he should be able to pick them out. He has skill, he has talent and he has his coach. So you tell me, you tell me Narayan, what? so what is have going you on?
1: Even, have you even been seeing kimish recently? Like, not just recently, like the, the entirety of the past two, three seasons. Like, uh, yeah, half. How- Half of his assists come from him making a lobbed pass or a vertical ball or sending in a through ball through a half space where a player runs into and he doesn't like send it exactly to the foot of the player. The player's in motion. Kimish sees that motion. He does this even for Germany. He sends a ball through. It gets to the player right in time because of the run the player made. And that results in the goal, right? And with Zabitzer at Leipzig, he was doing the exact same thing. His vision was superb. And that's kind of why he was... In the middle of almost all of their attacks, and I would say that having this strength for Bayern would actually benefit the team more than be detrimental. Yeah,
0: you want to say something? My else? point is, my point is that when Kemik sends his ball forward, he's aiming for something. He is aiming. To catch a run from Serge Gnabry, he's aiming to catch a run from Leroy Sané or Thomas Müller or Robert Lewandowski. He has a target in mind and he sends it into those target spaces. Whereas Zabitzer, he seems to be putting it into the space with the assumption that someone, no one, doesn't matter who, will get to the ball. Maybe most of the time there is a lot of waste in Sabitzer's game that is not present in Kimmich. Kimmich passes when he passes it forward, it gets to a player that he intended it to get to. Okay, that is not happening with Sabitzer. I don't think Sabitzer is passing forward. Like when you see him pass forward, you don't see the intention of finding a player. He you see him with the intention of finding a space, and then the idea is that the system will allow him so that the spaces are occupied by players and. It seems like a very, very small difference. It almost seems like a pedantic difference, but it makes a huge difference in what Sabasa chooses to do, whereas what Kimmich chooses to do, because Kimmich only makes his passes when he sees that the player is ready to make the run and not only ready to make the run, has already seen him priming up to make the run. And if he sees that he's not priming up to make the run, then either he calls out to him because there is this brilliant video from back in um, last year, back against Schalke, where, Kimmich gets the ball and then he screams at Leroy Sané, Leroy, Leroy. And then he pu- sends the ball forward and Leroy starts running and gets onto the ball and it's an immediate goal. And that's one of those things that Kimmich does. And that I don't see from Zabitzer.
1: Yeah, so a few things. Firstly, Zabitzer needs more time to integrate. That's the first thing. This is like literally
0: just half a season.
1: And we saw the same thing from Luca Hernandez and many other transfers recently. Like Leroy Sané had one entire year of shambolic football to get to the stage where he is at the moment. Like he just wasn't half as good as this last season, right? So, first, Zabitzer needs a bit more time. Second, I think Times's play, the play of some other Bayern players, right? It is at this position today also because of their history and the managers they've been through. They've been through Pep Guardiola, who has refined their passing ability, their focus on, you know, the tiki taka style of football. And then they went through Hansi Flick, who was a death metal style of pressing. Obviously, they didn't go through Carlo Ancelotti and a few others, you know, in between like Nico Kovac. But you would say that you know, the, the influence of these coaches like Guardiola and Flick and their philosophies had a huge positive impact on shape, shaping their overall game. As opposed to someone like Zabitzer, who has been in sort of the same system from, you know, Rapid Vienna to RB Salzburg to RB Leipzig. It's literally just gig and press the hell out of your opponents. That and makes pass sense. Into that, the that's a good argument. Yeah. And pass into the half spaces and anticipate the runs and just be very direct and very quick. So it was just super quick. So if you remember some of the games when Sabitzer was at his prime at RB Leipzig, it was just the attacks that he was involved in, the counterattacks, they were so quick. And the opponents didn't know what hit them and the ball would be behind the net. And that was the style of football that he's been used to throughout his career. So making this transition to Bayern style of football, which is a mix of possibly a lot of different styles from previous coaches, might be easier said than done and might require some time for the transition. As opposed to players like, Lewandowski, Müller, Kimmich, who have been playing in this system for years. And this has just been like a refined process of small changes introduced for the greater good. So I would say just give him a little more time. He could definitely improve. I mean, have you seen him for Austria? He has been fantastic for Austria. Yeah, he
0: has been fantastic for Austria. So, But I have to say something, Schnitzel, which is the fact that he is not like Luca Hernandez or Leroy Sané in one very important way. He's not that young. He's 27, going to turn 28 this year. And how should I say it? Like, that's not, he is in his prime right now. This is probably his last big contract. I don't know how long he is contracted to Bayern, but he will be in his 30s when he's done with us. And this is it. This is when he should be performing. I remember our, we don't really normally buy players in the prime of their careers, but one that I can say that was really successful was Arturo Vidal. We bought him when he was, I think, 28 or so from yeah. Juventus. And he was the best midfielder in the world that year at Juventus, in my opinion. Like, he was literally minutes yes. away from yeah. winning a treble that year. So, in my opinion, when we got Vidal, everyone expected him. And, and we should remember that Vidal's arrival, he, had it, he was up against it because he had to replace Bastian Schweinsteiger, who had left that summer. I think it was that summer at least. So, you yeah. know, when Vidal came, he wasn't good. He had a not a great hinrunder. It was Pep. So we had an amazing hinrunder regardless, but Vidal did not seem to fit in that easily. But then in the second half of the season, he picked up. And since then, I think Vidal did become one of the most beloved players at Bayern Munich, They're just a cult guy that even after he went to Barcelona, people liked him and even after he made some very true. dumb comments about us, people were like, yeah, it's just Vidal. He, he he does that. That's one of the things that he did for us. He, did, he came yeah, in that, in the prime of his a, career and he performed for us. He did have other it up against him and he did come in yeah. and he did do it. So my point yeah. is that Zabitzer, he has, while he has a lot of things not going for him, there is a thing that he has... I know you want to say something, but I am just had to finish this point, that he also has the fact that he is with his coach that was with him at RB Leipzig for two years, and he is in a system that should theoretically fit him like a glove. So you tell me, what 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 else can we say about this? Yeah, so
1: first, uh, Bayern has done that kind of transfer multiple times, actually. Also, Xabi Alonso's transfer, pretty much the same, you know, prime midfielder, but at 27 or 28 years of age, I think, no no I think Zab-
0: Zabi was older when he came here
1: wasn't he I think Zabi Alonso joined us in 2014 and uh, he is uh, he stayed here till 2017 right so he was and he's 40 years now at 2021 so look, when he look, joined look, the right I, I'm like, I'm in
0: medical I don't I don't do maths Okay <laughs> I think Zabi Alonso joined us when he was like 23 years rem- old. I remember Zabi... Um, specifically as a 30-year-old, as a veteran, never as a guy who was with us in his prime. I remember Zabi's prime was at Real Madrid and he was past his prime with us, but still really good. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, when when he transferred to Bayern from Real, he was definitely in his prime, like at Real Madrid, like his last season. People were saying that his partnership with Modric was arguably one of the best of all time. So that was just before he joined us the very next season. And uh, the thing is, with these kind of transfers, including Xavi's transfer, I think... Okay. To answer your question, let's give him six to seven more months to see if he does better, if he improves. And it's too early to label him a flop. And this might you know, pain me to say a bit too much, more than others, definitely, because I've been clamoring for this move for a long time now. But maybe in the next seven to eight months, if he doesn't see a shift in his trajectory and he's not going upwards, like you mentioned, he's in his prime right now, we can start considering entering him into the flop debate. But till then, it's too early.
0: Should we sell him if he doesn't? If he doesn't make up his value in time, should we sell him maybe to the Premier League or something?
1: He's here for a four-year contract. So if we're looking at selling him, maybe this summer or next summer and not beyond that, we should get it done with at least two years left in his contract. I mean, a at, um,
0: at 28, I think we could get like at least double what we paid for him. Like We paid 15 million to Leipzig. So we could get at least 30, 35 million from a Premier League club, maybe Tottenham or something. I don't know. That would be valuable, like. I don't know. You, it, since it is confirmed that Bayern are looking at midfielders on the transfer market. We had the rumor about Boubacar Kamara from Marseille. And there's also Dennis Zakaria, who is available on the free. So Tolisso is definitely leaving this summer. And Cuisance is gone already. Roca, I don't know about him. I still don't know what is going to happen with him. He doesn't seem to want to leave, but who knows. But I think our midfield might be in for a shakeup, like after all these defenders that Brazil's been buying, I think he's now going to decide, okay, time to focus on our midfield a little. Because Goretzka, the thing that's going on with his body is very worrying to me. I feel like yeah, this, this could has, be... It, like It's always something with him recently. Like I think there's this, a statistic that says that last season, he was only available for 54% of the games. And even when he was available, did you ever feel that he was operating at 100% because I never felt like that he's slowing down and he's slowing down at such a young age you could if you remember Schweinsteiger he had the same symptoms like late in his career at Bayern, and he wasn't that old either he left us when he was in his 30s so but I know his body was just I know some people might
1: you know tell me things on the contrary I believe like Kimish has definitely been the better of the two this season. And I feel Goretzka is having like a very like subpar
0: season, actually. Yeah, like he's Goretzka definitely good at all. I think our midfield as a whole has had a subpar season, like everyone. And that's why you see someone like Maziala actually making a breakthrough into our midfield when, at the time when. Like you remember when we had guys like Thiago, Kimmich, and Vidal, and everyone else yeah, on man. the team? Do you think Do you think yeah. that Maziala would be able to make a breakthrough into that midfield? I don't think so. I think Bayern's midfield is the weakest it's been in a long time. That
1: midfield of Thiago, Kimmich, and Goretzka. That midfield rotation was like yeah. the best in the world.
0: That yeah, season it, when and, you won the championship. That team. season. And and the season wow. before, there was also the time when Carlo had Zabi, Vidal, and Thiago, and also Javi yeah. Martinez on the bench. So that was exactly. also amazing. So, like, we have been blessed with almost a decade of just top, top-tier midfields. And right now, I still think it's top tier, but like the symptoms with Goretzka are very worrying. Like, if his body can't keep up, he wants to take time off. And I get it. I get it. And I have to be honest with you, I wonder if his injury earlier in the season was not just because, you know, he was pushing himself for the team, but also because he was playing for a new contract. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Think yeah. about I it. Can
1: see, I can see that situation uh, unfolding, actually. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, it was... I guess, sneaky, cheeky, wise move from, you know, his side because you would want,
0: you know, any kind As of much money need. he yes. did, he did yeah. get a very significant raise. Yes. So now he can okay. sit back and like really focus on his body and try and get better. But we technically do need for him to get better. He is our best midfielder and one of the best box to box midfielders in the world, if we think about it. So zabitzer though, he needs to like he should have been our solution to all this. All he, yes. he he was supposed to be our he was supposed to be our solution and. Um, it's not working out. It's not working out at all. And I, I don't think have... we can. I don't think we can afford to give him a full seven months to improve. In all honesty, we really need I him think we in a month. We I know I we, that we should. Like I know that we should. But this is Bayern Munich, and a lot of things that should happen don't always happen. A lot of things that must happen really just need to happen. And I think Sabitzer, if the Champions League later stages roll around and Sabitzer can't establish him as the third choice after Kimmich and Goretzka it's 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 looking difficult for him honestly because even on okay. the flick you so... think about you think about Leroy Sané under flick it's a bit of a similar situation but Leroy Sané under flick he was still what he was still very much up there as second choice or third choice with Koman uh, and Gnabry so uh, even even while he was performing poorly and Sabitzer is not on that level yet Okay, based on stats and based on you know the effectiveness for the team as a whole,
1: what kind of productivity or change would you want to see in Zabitzer to
0: categorize him as a success? I like before the I'll be the honest season? with you, I don't. I'm not expecting him to get huge numbers of goals or assists. That's not what a buying midfielder is about. But there are. Two things about Zabitz's game. First of all, is the mistakes. He makes a lot of mistakes in his game at the moment. He loses the ball in some very dangerous positions. It doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, um, it's not good for us because we need our midfielders to be as solid as possible. And the second one is his impact on the game. His ability to defend, first of all, against the ball. And the second of all, is to attack by progressing the ball through passes, vertical passing and sideways passing and also to find his teammates in the right positions at the right times those things are all going wrong for him at the moment especially the right positions and right times thing i don't think he's in sync at all with his teammates and for a midfielder that's very difficult that is the problem that he has and part of his down to nagelsman i don't think nagelsman has used him as in his best position in in a lot of cases nagelsman has actually just Resorted to Sabitzer as his backup, his go-to plug guy to just plug in whatever hole is in need. And that has made Sabitzer suffer. And I guess Nagelsmann does trust him for those roles because he knows him from Leipzig. So that is fine. But I think it's hurting Sabitzer in his performances. and It's also hurting him mentally. Yeah, I think the key
1: just lies in Nagelsmann. I hope uh, this is not a case of Nagelsmann just not showing, just trying to go ahead and do this to Zabitzer just not seem like he's doing him any favors or showing any favoritism the squad. But regardless, I just hope his fortunes change soon.
0: Okay, so yeah. we want to wrap this up. So the last topic we had to discuss, and this is not a very long topic, so give us like five minutes. Robert Lewandowski has been nominated for the FIFA's The Best Award. Does, should he win? His Ryan? contenders are Mo Salah and Lionel Messi. So, yes. yes, he should win. Yeah, okay, good. So, the other question is, will he win? He won't. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> oh, that's too sad. Can... That's, that is just okay. too sad. Okay. You know, okay, let's, you know, let's honestly... There's,
1: there's, re- honestly there's this recurring funny theme with these awards. So, like, yeah. they just yeah. make the criteria such that Lewandowski just cannot win it. And that it definitely goes to Messi. Like, with this one... To FIFA be fair, he, he always win the, the calendar award. Year. Yeah, but he did
0: win the best award
1: in 2020. Once, when least. he was like, it would have been a farce to give it to anyone else. To anyone else. But this to, time, to be fair, they yeah.
0: this time, modified the criteria to fit. Yeah. You know, to make it more like favorite. And and then, and then and st- then somehow Salah is still there, which I don't get. So it's like October 2020 to August 2021, and, and Salah was only good this season, as in 2021-2022. <laughs> so I don't I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. Anyway. Eh, Anyway, so schnitzel, that was the end of our first podcast in a long time. We did a nice long podcast. Lots of good arguments, especially about Zavitzer. If you agree or if you disagree, always you can find us on our blog, Bavarian Football Works. We have a Twitter. You can go and follow us there. We also are on every single podcasting channel you can think of spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, you name it so remember to share and subscribe and do whatever the hell else you want to do and we will see you next time good night Auf Wiedersehen